This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here once again, and we have a guest who will, as we often say, and this guy's an unusual guy. He is a man for all seasons. He will roll your socks up and down. He's got his own podcast. He's a celebrity coach out in L.A. He's got his own podcast going on. As I was saying, happy and healthy over 40, and we're really happy to welcome Hector Rivera. Somehow your last name went out of my mind. I love the name Hector. (laughs) I'm thinking Hector. I love it. Hector Rivera. So Hector will be on in just a minute. We're going to have, welcome Hector. I'll just let you say a few words. Yeah. Hi, uh, Chuck. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm really glad to be here today. Sorry to mess up that beginning. We'll get you going. Listen, I'm going to say a couple words from the sponsor here, and then I'm going to introduce you formally and we really get into it. Core Brain Journal is sponsored by Great Plains Laboratory. They are deep international biomedical testing leaders for improved targeted mind science details. As both laboratory and webinar global thought leaders, they provide the most comprehensive set of hard data measurement tools for real biomedical answers beyond the traditional guesswork. And they also provide multiple, get this, training webinars for both the public for the public, underline that, and medical providers on how to use that excellent data effectively. Check out their website for references and testing details. They're loaded with complimentary information over there. And take note, register today, right now, go over for a complimentary test drawing. And the one that they're offering this week is the GPL Tox Profile. If you get a drawing, you're going to get that test, and that will look for toxins in your body. And we, my friends, are loaded with toxins in this world, as you all know. And Dr. Shaw, the director, the clinical director, the founder of Great Plains Lab, I interviewed him on CBJ forward slash 125 if you want to know what what GPL Tox is all about. So go over, and this is where you go to get it, Great Plains Laboratory, just as it sounds, greatplainslaboratory.com forward slash CBJ, Core Brain Journal, CBJ. All right, with that, let's go ahead and introduce Hector Rivera. Hector is a very interesting guy. He's a coach, a filmmaker, and a podcaster, as we mentioned. And he has that podcast, Happy and Healthy Over 40. He is committed to people over 40 who want to maintain a healthy mind in a powerful body. He's got a powerful body, folks. I'm not wrestling with him on the mat, I can tell you that. But I can see him, and I know what's going on. He's been involved in the entertainment business for over 20 years. He started his journey as an executive coach and a men's work facilitator due to a heavy piece of equipment that fell on top of him while he was working. The healing process went poorly. Now, here's the thing I want you to listen to, and this is going to be right there on the face of what we're talking about. Hector was ultimately diagnosed with, get this, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, RSD a rare disorder of the sympathetic nervous system that is characterized by chronic, severe pain. We're going to hear more about that in just a minute. So he was determined to get better. He followed the instructions of his doctors to the letter. He underwent multiple surgeries, saw many specialists, orthopedic surgeons, 
podiatrists, neurologists, folks, you've heard this before. Nothing worked. In fact, Hector was told at the outset that medical science had no cure for this type of neuropathy. Well, that probably was an honest shot. They didn't know what they were doing in that regard. All the doctors could do was try and reduce his level of pain. Hector was shown videos of athletes in wheelchairs due to this nervous system disorder. How did that build your self-esteem, Hector? We'll talk more about it. The medications were harsh, and the constant doctor's appointments offered him no solutions. And then he turned it all around. He took full responsibility for his own situation. He began to really see the results. He got rid of his doctors. He began exploring his own course of treatment designed by his own research. He did what worked and discarded what did not work. Hector's solution was based on great food, plenty of outdoor physical activity, and a focused, positive mindset, not going around visioning himself in a wheelchair. The evidence of a mind-body connection was inescapable. Hector changed his entire life. He sought out the best teachers and coaches in health and wellness fields. They inspired Hector to leave his career in the film industry to become an executive coach. He's been doing it for six years and a men's work facilitator. We need to hear more about that, Hector, in just a second. So the bottom line is, I'm going to summarize it by saying, and this is Hector's main point underlined here in his bio, it all starts in the mind. That's why we call this thing Core Brain Journal, folks, because we're looking at core brain activities that have so many pervasive effects if we get it right. So let's hear it from Hector. Hector, thank you so much again for joining us. I mean, it's really interesting. There's so much to talk about. How did a guy like you pull it together? I mean, where did you actually say, okay, I've hit the pavement. My face is on the concrete. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do now? Hi, Chuck. You know what? It, face on the concrete, that's not very far from the truth of what actually happened to me. I had somewhere around 2012, I had suffered a, an 18,000 kilowatt light that we use in the motion picture industry. Uh, weighs about 250 pounds, uh, fell on top of me, hyperextended my knee, and broke several bones in my left foot. The bones healed up well. The nerve healed up very, very badly, which caused RSD, the syndrome that you had discussed earlier. Medical science knows that it exists. They know what it is. They have no idea how to treat it. And mind you, I am not bad-mouthing any of my doctors, any of my podiatrists yeah. or the people. Yeah. Those guys did, they did the best they could. But in terms of neuropathy, it's, it's still kind of a mystery. And RSD is such a rare illness, there's not enough money in it for research, unfortunately. They can't properly do a lot of the research based on the clinical trials and what have you. It's very costly and it's too small a portion of the market, which I actually get. I understand that. Yeah. They wanted to do continued surgeries on me, what have you. One afternoon, I remember coming from a neurologist's office and I walked out of there. I was very hopeful. It had taken me months to get an appointment with this gentleman. And uh, I walked out of there with a walker, okay, and a piece of paper telling me essentially that I wasn't going to get better from this. And mm. I actually fell down, you know. In fell the down parking. in the walker. Oh, my God. I, I fell down in the parking lot because I didn't set up the walker properly. Oh, my God. And, and so I ended up falling down. And this I is an athlete falling on a walker. Oh, my gosh. Well, and when you mentioned self-esteem issues, that's no joke. I, I mean, my identity 
my entire adult life had been as a, a very strong and capable person. And this was a, a unique experience for me. It was, it was crushing, literally crushing. I mean, I, it crushed my foot, but it crushed my spirit. And at that moment, I said, you know what? Enough, enough of this. I'm not going to do this anymore. And my first big aha moment, and thank goodness for YouTube, okay? My first big aha moment, I started exploring and looking around for my own answers because another surgery and more medication was not going to help. I mean, RSD is a serious illness. They actually, if you're very, very sick from it, if you end up in a wheelchair, they will put you on a cocktail of something like Prozac, methadone, and some type of opiate. And it doesn't really, uh, gabapentin is another medication which didn't work for me or it actually, the doctors actually forget to tell you to cycle off of it. And you're supposed to cycle off of it. And, and all it did was just make me very irritable. It was angry all the time. It, it was awful. Well, let me so, stop it right there. I'm going to tell you one of my favorite things. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Hector, but just hit a button for me, and that's Prozac, okay? So when you put Prozac with those drugs right there, Prozac interferes with the metabolism of painkillers. So what it is, they build up on you. So then what happens is you got a Prozac problem and you got a painkiller problem. And what happens is then you can get toxic on that combo. And if they're doing that, that is something they should not be doing. I'm telling you that right now. I've got several different videos on YouTube myself about Prozac and interaction with psych drugs. It's a major problem. So if you give an amphetamine, for example, you and I are offline, we're talking about ADD. If you give an ADD medication like Adderall or uh, any amphetamine product, Adderall, Vyvanse, any of those guys, with Prozac or Paxil, Paxil's another big one, it yeah. backs them up. They close that pathway in the liver and the person gets toxic on the amphetamine. Same thing happens with opiates that run up through 2D6, cytochrome P450, 2D6. End of that conversation. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just thought, so that would be an additional thing that got you more, as they say in the street, screwed up. Because, you know, you would have more problems with all that going on. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that was incredibly informative. I didn't know any, anything about all of that. They had suggested Paxil to me. And all of my doctors, I mean, I'd walk in there with just absolute hope in my eyes. I couldn't sleep. I was incredibly depressed. And my first big aha, as I had mentioned earlier, was when I found something called phantom leg syndrome. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the physical therapist for the uh, VA, I believe, had started a thing called mirror therapy. And what is that? That's when you, you hold a mirror up in between. If you've lost a limb, phantom limb syndrome is, is where you st can still feel the leg. Yes. Okay. And let's say your foot itches or something like that. It'll drive you out of your mind because you're trying to scratch an itch that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And it'll drive you crazy. So what the physical therapists at the VA had done was they would hold up a mirror in between the phantom leg and the healthy leg. Mm -hmm. And they would have you do exercises with the healthy leg. And after a while, it would relieve a lot of the pain and stress because you're only seeing the healthy leg in the mirror. So it tricks your mind into thinking that phantom leg is working. The phantom leg is working. That so is, that's totally I, interesting. 
Very. Yeah, and it was, you can imagine how interesting it was to me. I yeah. felt like I had electric lightning bolts running through my leg, running through my foot all the way up to my spine. It, it would drive me out of my mind. So I got a, a box large enough to put my foot in, and I put like a one foot by one foot mirror, like a mirror tile that you can get at Home Depot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I stuck it on the side of the box. Okay. And then I started doing the exercises that the podiatrist had given me, which I was never able to do prior to that. Like where you do like you scrunch your toes together, you spread your toes, you try to mm -hmm. pick things up, marbles and stuff. So I started doing that with the healthy foot, looking at the healthy foot, exercising with both feet. And after about five minutes of this, and it was very painful at first, but the pain went away after a few minutes and I was able to use my injured foot, which was my left, more successfully. And it was a mind blower. And right then at that moment, I had decided that I was going to be well, that I was no longer going to be sick. That's a, a big issue, especially when you have doctors showing you videos of baseball players in wheelchairs. I'm telling you, you're going to be this way the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah, and this, uh, is, how, gonna, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to look that up on YouTube. For those of you guys who are listening in the car, I'm going to look that up on YouTube, and I'm going to put a YouTube video on this show notes on Phantom Leg Mirror. I mean, it's my, I'm sure I can find it if I do a little bit of looking around. If you could find it, I could find it. And I'm going to put that right yeah. on your show notes so a person can come in there and see what's going on. Yeah, that was like the big aha moment. The next great big aha moment was I did a lot of soul searching. And that's how I got into the whole coaching field to answer your question about how I got into the coaching. I had sought out self-acceptance. I wanted to accept my situation as it was and be able to, in order for me to persevere, I needed to accept where I was at. And in searching out these coaches and these people, I, I came across a gentleman by the name of Mark Sisson and his wife, Carrie Sisson. The Sissons, I, I owe them a great debt of thanks to them. Mark is leader in the paleo movement. And uh, he essentially taught me that food is medicine. So I just went about changing my diet. You know, and I didn't believe him at first. I mean, when I first met him, he, I was like, who is this guy? He's telling me I've got inflammation throughout my body. He's not a doctor. He's not an orthopedist. You know, my doctor says I need another surgery, and this guy's telling me I don't. You know, who is this guy? And then I found out more about who he was. And his wife was my coach for about a year and a half and almost two years. And I remember, and now think back to that moment where I fell in that parking lot about a year and a half, two years later, I called Carrie, my coach, Carrie Sisson, from a hiking trail here in Los Angeles. Oh. And I got to the top of this hill and it dawned on me. I, I mean, I had not really thought about it up until that point, but it dawned on me. I said, and not only did I walk up that hill, I ran up that hill, Chuck. Wow. And I called her up. I was in tears. I was mm. in tears. I said, Carrie, I can run. And she was like, yeah, I know. You've been doing really well. And I said, no, Carrie, it, I can run. Mm -hmm. And she yeah. got it and she understood. And I was alone, but I wasn't alone. And yeah. so I owe them both a great debt of gratitude. A lot of the changes that I made were very difficult. I help people to overcome all of their issues in terms of their belief system. And so many times I can't. 
is like some of the, the most detrimental things that you can tell yourself. And I change I can't into I can. Mm-hmm. And many times it's I won't. So yep. you have to figure all of that stuff out and you have to work with people through that. And you have to be very patient. But this as is what you and I are both involved in. Both of us as podcasters are doing this. Because there's, <laughs> there's, you know, what's going on is and there's also I don't know. I know there's no way. And then there's education, which, hey, maybe there is a way. Let's crack that door open. Let's little light, let a little light in the tunnel here. And maybe I can at least entertain the possibility that it's a pot. That's why it's great talking to a guy like you, because you've been down on the pavement and you're up there running in the mountains outside of L.A. in a relatively short period of time. And you're not going to die in a freaking wheelchair. Yeah, it is a big deal. And it was one of those moments when you realize or I realized that the human body is not designed to be sedentary. We are designed to be active. If you really want to take a page from uh, Mark Sisson's book in the Paleolithic period 10,000 years ago, we were designed to walk. We walked everywhere. We no longer do that. We sit in cars. we, We sit in front of the TV. We sit at work. We're far too sedentary. A couple of advantages that I had early on when I decided to make this change for myself was, number one, the actual film business taught me to be resilient. It's not all, unless you're one of the stars or a director or producer or something like that, if you are just kind of a rank and file journeyman working in the film business, you learn how to adapt and overcome very quickly, very easily. Also, by the same token, martial arts. I had been a martial artist my whole life. So again, you learn to adapt and overcome whatever obstacle comes your way. And I had a couple clients tell me, I can't do that. You know, I can't bend down to pick that up. And I say, well, okay, here's a hundred dollars, you know, a hundred dollar bill and throw it on the ground in front of them. You can keep that if you can bend down and pick that thing up. If you can figure out a way to get yourself on the ground, <laughs> put it in your hand and stand back up. I've yet to find a person that doesn't find a way to do that. You're so, not going to make any money coaching giving a hundred bucks away. <laughs> once. That's all. <laughs> right. Well, you don't do it every day, right? <laughs> no, it's not yeah. something that I... I offer up freely, but it did happen once. And you know what? When we make that realization that we are not weak, that we are strong, that we are far stronger than than we ever even imagined that we are, it makes a world of difference in terms of how you experience pain. I'm also a Vipassana meditator. I've done several uh, 10-day silent meditations. And a lot of people, my mom included, my mom thinks that when I go off to these Vipassana meditations. I do a 10-day silent meditation every year. And my mom thinks it's kind of like a retreat where you go and relax and what have you. And <laughs> yeah. Nothing could be further from the truth. And you so, get a massage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to go there and get a spa treatment or something. Yeah, right. you know, they're going to exfoliate well, my tell, skin or something. Tell our, tell our listeners what that type of meditation is, if you will, please. And after that, I'm going to ask you another question. We'll take a break. But go ahead. Tell them about that type of meditation, if you will, please. Fantastic. Yeah, Vipassana meditation, the word Vipassana itself means to see things as they are and to just sit and experience, observe what is happening. And that is the entire Vipassana meditative experience. And and it can be quite confronting, especially when you're feeling bodily pain. 
And my first Vipassana was very eye-opening, and eye-opening along the lines of the phantom leg aha moment. Mm-hmm. And I can explain further about that, but you know, I want to get to your question. Well, let's do this. Let's take a break, because I'm just looking at the time here. Let's take a quick break, and let's pick up. There are two questions I'm going to ask when we get back. I want to get a little more on the actual process of that meditation. Do you have a mentor? Do you have a guide? Let's get in that experience with you because it was transformative for you and may help other people out there. And then the other question I want to really ask you about is I was very interested in in your podcast and your experience, people that have taught you things on the podcast. I know it's been such a pleasure for me talking to people like you. What would you say was outstanding about your podcast? Oh my gosh, this guy made a point that I really hadn't thought about that was really helpful for me. So we're going to take a quick break, folks. We're going to come back and ask Hector those two questions. We'll be back in just a moment. Today, the world of mind, science, psychiatry, and mental health is rapidly changing with innovative, comprehensive testing that takes both patients and practitioners into a new world of measured details with useful, understandable, and remarkably actionable plans. The key phrase here is cost-effective. Testing also introduces a key parallel word, predictability. Psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medications and our brief hospitalizations, arises directly from the complexity of measurable brain-body imbalances and impediments that explicitly interfere with medical outcomes and create costly difficulties with inadequately informed supplement and medication trials over time. Great Plains provides a leadership team of biomedical experts with advanced laboratory insights approved nationally both by the FDA and CLIA laboratory certifications and is available internationally for both public and medical professions. Great Plains Laboratory is the primary laboratory we've used at CoreSight for years with excellent customer service for both patients and medical colleagues. They are on the spot. They get it every time. In addition, they provide exemplary training modules, which are webinars and conferences in an effort to broaden practice perspectives wherever you live. Do follow up on one of these complimentary test offers today at http greatplainslaboratory.com forward slash CBJ. Yeah, that's Core Brain Journal CBJ. Okay, folks, we're back. So let's get the spelling of that type of meditation for starters. Okay, that's, could you spell that for me? I'm looking here in your notes and I just couldn't find it. I was going to try to spell it for our listeners. Okay. Vipassana is, I'm not an excellent speller, but I believe it's V-I-P-A-S-A-N-N-A, Vipassana. I got you. Okay. Sorry to, yeah. Oh yeah. Here it is. I just found it. You spelled it exactly right. V-I-P-A-S-S-A-N-A. Oh, good. Yeah. I yeah. think that's what you said. It was close. Anyway. That's close <laughs> enough. Yeah. Well, so and, tell us uh, about how that happened. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The process itself, I mean, there are organizations that practice different types and teach different types of meditation. Vipassana meditation was the original meditation as taught by the Buddha. The chief instructor who, who has since passed away, S.N. Goenka, was a Indian businessman who moved to Burma at a very young age and was a very successful businessman and was quite ill due to all of the, the stress from his business. 
his multiple businesses throughout the world. He was a very wealthy man. And no doctors could seem to be able to give him any solace. So he discovered this system of meditation and he committed his life to it afterwards. He thought he was going to die. And instead, he lived and thrived and went on to help a great many people. The process itself is a 10-day process. You're not allowed to speak for the first nine days, and you're meant to live as a monk for this time. So you eat a vegetarian diet. You're given a very modest place to sleep. I mean, you're comfortable. There's nothing dangerous or you're not living in squalor, but they're very modest accommodations. Your needs are met through other volunteers who have gone through the system before you. And another great thing to note is that there's not a lot, uh, you don't, there's no cost to you. You give, you donate what you think it's worth at the end. And they've been doing this for many years, so they are quite successful. What you discover about yourself is amazing. You're faced with your own demons. And for me, that first Vipassana meditation was actually the most amazing understanding of what we actually are. And at this moment, I realized that all things are connected and not just people, all things are connected. And if you really pay close attention, we are an absolute universe. We are a system of vibrating atoms. And it's amazing to come to this realization. There are so many things. I've heard so many great stories and different aspects of the experience is just fascinating to me. So that is the, in a nutshell, that, that's- So do you sit and do a static meditation like you would do like ordinary Zen meditation? Or is it moving meditation? And do they then uh, ask you questions to consider when you're meditating that take your mind places? Or is it all total silence and just inward? Do they instruct you in terms of what's going on with your mind while you're in the process? How does that work? Yeah, that is an interesting thing. You're given- before each practice, you meditate, I believe it's five times a day. That's what you're there to do. Mm -hmm. You're there to meditate. You eat, you'll take a break, you'll go for a little walk, but you're static. You're sitting on a cushion or a pillow. You can sit on a chair mm -hmm. if you like, if you're having, for me, the first one I did, I sat in a chair, I, I had physical issues. And you're given instruction at the very beginning. Uh, you're told what to do at the very end. And then in the evenings, they have what's called after dinner. If you're new, you get to have dinner. You'll go wash, bathe, do whatever you need to do. And you come back to the Dharma Hall and you're given a talk on what happened that day and what's to happen the following day. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's very well presented. Well, yeah. that sounds really, it's, it sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, I never did any formal training like that myself. I did, and I haven't done it for a long time. I, practice Zen meditation for a long time. I did the martial arts with, I did uh, Shotokan traditional oh. full contact uh, Japanese. And uh, I had yeah. a guy that was from a seventh generation samurai family. So he wow. was, he was a serious, he fought over and with the emperor in Japan. So he didn't fight wow. the emperor, but he was fighting in, in the, in Alongside. the home budojo yeah. over there. So it was a lot of fun. I did that. It was very interesting. It was very developmentally positive for me. And I got yeah. into Zen meditation around that. And that's why I'm interested in different forms of meditation. I know it helped me and my, my family says, Dad, you were so much better when you were meditating. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it the truth, yeah. though? I mean, could you stop <laughs> meditating again? <laughs> You're a little bit weird right now, man. <laughs>
Yeah. And it's such a great reset button. Another great reset is just being out in nature and exercising outside, being outdoors. It's one of the most important things I can do today for, for just hitting that reset. Like, as you said, when your kids say, hey, dad, you're a little bit out of control. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what families yeah. are for, you know? They tell you like it is. So yeah. then ask this other question, because you have some, really, I want to guide everybody over to your podcast because you have some interesting topics over at the Happy and Healthy uh, podcast. So it's Happy and Healthy over 40, but I would say over at the podcast. But mm -hmm. there's some other topics that Hector was talking about there. And I am interested in the martial arts. We touched on a little bit here. But let's talk about the Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy that helped black belt Mike Riddell be oh, yeah. a heart attack. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. That, that sounds like that was instructional for you. We've only got about 10 minutes left. So let's have a quick shot at it if we can, see what happened on that one. Okay, yeah, Mike Riddell is a great friend of mine and a mentor to me. He's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's uh, 76 years old, I want to say. Sorry, Mike, if I got the age wrong. <laughs> but that podcast is one of my favorites because it's an absolute blueprint for how to continue in martial arts as you get older. I mean, if you followed, if you did what Mike did on a weekly basis, you'd be in fantastic shape by the time you hit your 70s. And I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm in my 50s right now, quiet as a skip. <laughs> and uh, I'm just doing what Mike does. And you, you find uh, a great training partners that are around your age. You have nothing left to prove. And you just want to stay on the mat and stay healthy and mm -hmm. keep, keep a clear mind and a powerful body, as that's my tagline. Mm -hmm. And Mike's a great example of that. You know, I think it's interesting because the older you get, the more you get past the belt situation because there's a certain thing where when you're younger and all that, you chase the black belt and, mm -hmm. you know, you want to be there and it's like, okay, that's some kind of, but then there's a certain point where you do that and the issue is doing it, not where you're going to go with it. And you just want to improve what you do that day. You want to see if you're getting better. You take some advice from somebody. The, the thing that's really cool about those guys is they say, don't do it this way, do it this way. It works better, you know? And what happens, you're in training. And myself, I feel like I'm in training every day of my life anyway. And if I can learn something from my colleagues and my family who are saying something like, hey, you know, this would be a different way, an improved way to do that, then that sounds like great advice. Yeah, and especially with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I really, 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 you know, support it as an art and also as a way of, of self-discovery. It's one of the best things I've ever found for a thinking man who wants to get into martial arts because they're all, everything that you do in jiu-jitsu is problem solving. It's mm -hmm. high level problem solving. And as I've gotten older, I've had to find new solutions to problems. I don't have as much uh, physical strength as I once have or once had, and it feels the match, even though that's true, whenever I uh, roll now, I feel like I have improved as a martial artist. And that's because I'm using technique more and I'm not relying quite so much on strength. Another thing I'd like to plug really quickly is I'm going to send you, I wrote a very quick article for your listeners, how to maintain good health, uh, good brain health and neurological health. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, through certain foods. 
and supplements because we don't get, unfortunately, we don't get enough things like magnesium and zinc into our diet from our foods anymore because we're so separated. We're so far away from the earth, the farm. So check that out. That'll be good. Folks, listeners, we're going to have that loaded as a download on the website. So when you shoot that over to me, Hector, I'll just pop it right into your show notes. This won't come out. We're recording right here right now, but it won't come out for about probably four or five weeks, something like that, because it's a me of just getting everybody in line to get it done. Something it may be shorter. I'll, I'll let you know. Tiffany, who works with me, will let you know when it's coming out so we can get you squared away on that. Yeah, fantastic. And another thing, another quick plug, take a look around in the podcast. There are a lot of great show notes. There's a lot of great websites, a lot of so many interesting people I've talked to throughout about almost two years that I've been doing the podcast. It's so much fun and and, uh, I've learned a great deal and I hope you do too. I do. I'm telling you, the thing is, I've been doing it two years too. I started in April 16. And so Uh we've been running and I don't know, do you do one a week or do you do two a week or what do you do? I try to do one a week. I actually do three a month because I'm kind of a one-man band over here. And so I only have time for three a month. I take a week off just to kind of recoup and talk to find new podcast guests and what have you. But I've had a bio, the CEO of a company called BioQuark on there talking about uh, the latest uh, anti-aging technologies. Oh, cool. Uh, I, yeah, I've had a, an expert on there on neurofeedback, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, black belts. I've had, you name it, I've had sex experts talking about uh, divorce as you get older and finding a new mate. You name it, I got it. You no, know, so if you're over 40, I got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> you're not over 40. I'm not over 40. We're actually running around 35. <laughs> there we go. We got the, we got the 35-year-old yeah. attitude, you know. <laughs> I just feel great. You know, yeah. I, I, I got to say, since I decided to take uh, control of my health and take responsibility for my own health and welfare, life is fantastic. Well, I think it, it really does look interesting. Just uh, listeners, just for a few other things that are over there at uh, his podcast, he's got a something on mindset, domains of well-being and happiness. He's got very specific things on nutrition, inflammation, pain management, and functional nutrition. You know, folks, we here at Core Brain Journal are very much into all that. Something you don't know, Hector, is we have a whole page devoted to trauma, brain injury, and we have a vets page. And so uh, if a person goes over to corebrainjournal.com forward slash vets, that whole page is loaded with recovery. I think vets are so frequently mismanaged, overlooked, and there, there are a number of people who are uh, senior leaders in the field that we've interviewed. Uh, who happen to be out there in California. California does have a lot of innovative souls out there. We've got like 33 or 34 experts there talking about different ways to recover from pain and injury. And that's a little bit of a plug. I didn't mean it as a plug. I just wanted to sort of let you know we're on the same path. So I'm looking forward to continuing to develop our working relationship and see what we can do in the future. Likewise, Chuck. I got to check it out. I, I took a look yesterday and you're very thorough in what you do and i'm impressed i'm very impressed with the website and what it is that you're trying to do here yeah definitely yeah i look forward to working with you in the, in the well future. offline we had some ideas folks we'll get back to you when they develop i think we're going to have something else is coming up in the future until we get it all 
put together. There's no sense in announcing until we actually get it together. But we have a big wish list. I'm telling you, Hector and I have a wish list that we've developed in a short period of time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Hector, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to be talking again in the near future, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Chuck. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. We'll, we'll be doing it again. You got it. Thanks for listening to Cobrain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.